0: Luke chapter sixteen, please. Bless your Luke chapter sixteen. Uh, when brother Chris mentioned seeing the picture of the cow in the road in India, when I was there, I asked the missionary, "How do you tell which cows are sacred and which are not?" And he said, "Well, we know." <laughs> okay, I need my glasses there, dear. I think. We know, and uh, so we're going down, here they are, we're going down the freeway, it's a six lane road, and at night after a meeting, there's a cow in the middle of the road, I mean I'm talking about, you know, I-70, there's a cow there, and so we got around the cow, and so I asked the missionary, I said, tell me, we had a driver, and he and I were in the back seat, I said, tell me what would happen If this automobile hit that cow, he said everybody on that road would stop, pick up a rock, and start stoning that driver. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd get out and find me a rock and hold it and act like I was going to stone him so they wouldn't stone me because I was in the car. (laughs) I'm not for that guy. Well, it never happened, and thank goodness it didn't happen. Amen. I appreciate, let me just say a few words before I preach. Um, I appreciate the hospitality of this church. Our accommodations have been great, quiet, quiet as can be. And I appreciate that. It's been it's been a great thing for us to be here at this time. And I appreciate uh, all you've done, those that have prepared meals for us. They've been delicious. Uh, I'm going to have to go back home and start losing weight, looks like um and but it's been delicious and i appreciate those that have bought a book or a picture or whatever to help us with a little travel money and put a little gas in the tank and uh i appreciate your pastor and his wife uh, i've known them since my brother passed away well since he took the church there knew franklin and then when my brother passed away we both preached his funeral and so we got to know each other that way and then jeremy fell in love with bethany And uh, Bethany fell in love with Jeremy, and so they got married. So that sort of tied us together a little bit. But I appreciate your pastor. He's a man of God, called by God, man of integrity. He's shown to me in this week as a man concerned about others. Uh, God has appointed him to be the under-shepherd of this flock. And I appreciate the Pastor. You are blessed. You may not realize it, but you are blessed to have this man and his family. Now, now, I told him this. I said, Calvary Baptist Church is the perfect church for those who are not. Amen. We want to welcome those people in. And uh, your pastor is very good. Take care of him. Best thing you do for your pastor is pray for him. Pray for him. Support him and love him and his family and surprise him with something good, some good things. Uh, in October, I think, is Pastor Appreciation Month or something, so do something for him. He is a gift from God to the church according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11, and God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, amen. And so it's God who presents a gift to the church through the pastor. And 1 Timothy 5, 17, he is worthy of double honor, double honor. So you, you treat him the right way and God will bless you, I guarantee you. All right, Luke chapter 16. Um, uh, God woke me up early this morning and, and troubled my heart with this. I'm going to do my best to preach this without uh, any tears this is not a good message but this is a message of reality luke chapter 16 verse 19 stand with me please and i want to read this sad sad story in the bible there was a certain rich man not a parable but a certain rich man which was clothed in purple fine linen and fared sumptuously every day There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at his gate full of sores, and desired to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass, the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water cool my tongue, for I am tormented in his flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot... Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that I would send him to my father's house. Here's my text, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, your word is strong. Your word is true. Lord, what is recorded here, uh, Father, you gave to men uh, there in the promised land many years ago, and yet it still rings out and echoes to this generation father oh father help us as i preach father and help me to say the right words the right time the right tone while my heart may be breaking inside help me father to deliver the words that need to be said father we ask it in christ's name amen and amen you may have a seat and if you're sitting near a friend or a loved one turn to them say i love you Oh, by the way, how are you doing? I am blessed. Ah, some of you remember. My topic tonight is one in hell and five on the way. Why do we have a mission program at our church? Why do we give money to men to go to Ecuador, go to Europe, go to Asia, go to India? Why do we give money? Because there's one in hell and five on the way. If our message ever came out about missions, this one would be one of the top one. Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. He wanted Lazarus to go to his father's house. He wanted to be a missionary. Send him there. Get him out of this place. Get him out of paradise and send him back on the earth and go and talk. To my five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they come also into this place of torment. Oh, my. Four things, real quick. Hell is a prepared place. Matthew chapter 25, I believe 41, uh, says something like this. Um, then he saith unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared. For the devil and his angels. Uh, Hell has several names. Hell, everlasting fire, lake of fire, outer darkness. It's called several things in the Bible. But it's not prepared for mankind. It originally was not made for man to go there. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1 with me. And I want to show you a little thing in the second day. Of the creation of the six days of creation. Day one ends in verse five. And God called the light day, and the darkness called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse six And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters that were under the firmament from the waters which are above the firmament. And look at the next words. And it was so and God called the firmament heaven and the evening and morning with a second day do you know that every day of creation except the second day God says it was good it was good look at verse 4 God saw the light that it was good uh, look at verse number uh, let's see verse number 10 God saw that it was good You take every day of the six days of creation except the second day. He does not say it was good. I'll tell you why. I think that's when he prepared hell for the devil and his angels. And he could not say that creation day was good because he had prepared hell. Even though he prepared heaven that same time. He couldn't say it was good. Hell is an eternal maximum prison where humans are housed with the most hardened criminals in the entire universe. There were some angels mentioned in the book of Peter that were put in chains of darkness and held there and not allowed to come on the face of the earth. The wickedness of men will be in hell. It is a horrible place, an eternal maximum prison. It's a prepared place. Number two, it's a perpetual place. I know our our friend, Brother Chris, mentioned uh, that the different denominations uh, don't believe in eternal burning hell. Even the current uh, Pope Francis of the Catholic Church does not believe there's a hell. He's a universalist. He believes everybody's going to make it to heaven. It's not what the Bible teaches, though. It's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, Many denominations, my neighbor... I've talked to him, and he believes that there is a hell. He believes though, when you get put in it, like a piece of paper, you get burned up, and you're annihilated, and you no longer exist. Well, that's not what my Bible teaches. The Bible says differently. Look at Mark chapter 9 and verse number 47. There the Bible says, And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It's better for thee to enter the kingdom of God with one eye, Than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Hell burns without an end. It is a place of torment. The beast and the false prophet are in the lake of fire 1,000 years after the return of Christ to reign. Revelation 20 and they were still recorded there 1,000 years later. The rich man in Luke 16 has been there since the days of the prophets, hearing probably the words of Moses. He was there when Christ died on the cross. He was in hell when Rome became a great power in the Roman Empire. He was there when Columbus sailed across the ocean in 1492. He was still in hell when our leaders of our country in 1776 sat down and signed the Declaration of Independence. He was still there when 9/11 happened to our country. He was still there yesterday. How sad that he is to be put in a prison with the most hardened of criminals and in a torment. Oh, hell lasts forever. I. I could use this illustra- illustration. What, how, how long is eternity, preacher? Well, what, let's take a little robin, a little bird. And it goes out here to the rich soil of Missouri Valley. And he dips into it and gets a mouthful of rich, fertile soil, flies all the way over to Saudi Arabia, and deposits it in the desert of Saudi Arabia once every 100 years he did that and kept doing that for a hundred years and finally moved all the topsoil out of saline county the first page in eternity would hardly be turned hard for our mind to grasp how long eternity is we live in a finite world i've got a math background and even mathematicians when they start studying infinite series and infinite list of numbers they do not act and obey the laws that we know in regular mathematics. Infinity is a different, totally different world. You see, uh, there's, hell is a prepared place for the devil and his angels. Hell is a perpetual place. But here's the sad part. Hell is a punishment ending place. Never ending fire. Mark chapter 9 verse 44. There's not a person in this building in their right mind if I had a candle up here that you could hold your hand over it and leave it there. You'd jerk back. If you left it there, your hand would start burning. The difference is in hell, there is no time. Why do we send missionaries around the world? Why did those men flew into Ecuador and died in that first missionary venture in that portion? Why do they do that? They did that because they saw a world dying and going to hell. I'll tell you, every time I see films like this, I want to go to Ecuador. I want to start passing out tracts. I want to start talking to them about Jesus. You know what God's called us to do as a church? Let's give. Get that little little coat that Hannah made, uh, Samuel, and let's get it bigger every year and give more so this church can sponsor more missionaries and go. I know a pastor, uh, he's in heaven now, uh, but he deliberately built himself a chicken house and he started raising chickens and selling eggs and every bit of that money he gave to the mission program of the church that he's pastoring. Doing what he could to help Someone go. If we're not going to go, then let's give some money in the church missions offering that they can go and do the Lord's Word. Amen. Hell is a punishment play. There's a never-ending fire that burns there. There's a never-ending worm, he says, where the worm dieth not. I've heard some say that was your conscience. That a sinner would realize the many opportunities they had to get right with God, and they did not. Oh, I was pastoring in West Georgia, and I had an evangelist in, a a pastor friend in, preaching revival. And he preached uh, that Thursday night, and the lady on the back row, I saw her, she should have come down and prayed. She didn't do it. Going out the door, I told her, I said, listen, if you need me or my wife, you call us. Uh, she, I went by the house trailer where they lived. She didn't come anymore. That revival didn't come for two or three months. Then one Saturday I got a call from one of the deacons of the church. And Randy, have you heard the news? He told me her name. I knew who she was. I said, what's going on? Said the, She gave her husband a Deer rifle for Christmas. Somehow he got enraged at her. That Saturday morning he climbed on the railroad tracks across from the 7-Eleven store where she worked and shot her. Shot her. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. I sent this evangelist over there. He lived near the hospital where she was at. And he went in, thank God, led her to the Lord. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, life is short. If you're here and you're not saved, let me tell you, you're in the right place tonight. Uh, If you're a church member, for heaven's sake, take that pride out of your life. Get down here and do business with God tonight. Because what good is it going to do for everybody to think you're a good church member when you die without Christ and go to hell? Oh, how sad that is. The worm died. not. Revelation chapter 9, verse 2 and 3, strange beasts will come out of the mouth of hell during the great tribulation, and they reside in hell. The Bible does not reveal to us everything in hell, the torment there. And these animals come out not to kill people, but to torment them with their stinger for five months. And one day death and hell be cast into the lake of fire. It's called the second death. Revelation chapter 20 verse 14. It's a place of punishment. Uh, Georgia State Patrolman Benny Westmoreland was a member of our church there in West Georgia. And uh, Benny, I need to tell you this part. Benny Benny loved the Lord. He was teaching Sunday school class. And uh, sometimes he couldn't come on Sunday nights. He had, he had gotten some uh, electronic devices. He could leave his car running outside the church, sit on the back row. And if he got a dispatch, then he could just get up and leave. But uh, I, on Sunday nights, I started seeing people come into the church building, choirs going down. I saw people that I didn't know community, come in and sit on the back row. And then... Uh, then uh, when I would talked to them when they were leaving. Uh, I said, boy, it's good to have you all live around here. No, we live in Atlanta, Georgia. We was over in Alabama, and we we live in Atlanta. We're just going home. We thought we'd come by here and go to church. And I saw too many of those people coming, and I thought, what's happening? And then I saw Benny, and I put one and one together and got two or three. I know what I got. And I said, Benny, you've been running radar down here below the church on Sunday night? I said, I sure have, preacher. said, have you seen some visitors up there? <laughs> I said, yes, sir, Benny. Oh, what he did, he had stopped. They were coming out of Alabama flying, trying, trying to get home on US 70 at that time, trying to get home to Atlanta, you know, before, before it got real, real late. And uh, they'd be speeding. He'd, he'd pull them over, and he'd talk to them and say, well, do you all go to church anywhere in Atlanta? Oh, yeah, everybody in Georgia goes to church somewhere. We found that out. And uh, said, I tell you what, I ought to give you a ticket. You're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else here in Georgia. You need to slow down. Uh, the speed limit here is 55. You're doing 70. I said, but I tell you, see that little road right there? Uh, go up top of that hill. There's a church up there. If you'll go up there and go to church, I'll just give you a warning ticket or a verbal warning, and you can stay there. And boy, when I f- discovered that, Brother Chris... Then when they come in and sit down, I'd preach my message I had. But boy, I'd talk about obeying the laws of the land. I'll tell you what <laughs> these people that break the law, amen, they're gonna hurt somebody, they're gonna kill somebody, and I, I'd I'd get them. Well, I had them. I knew they wasn't gonna be there anymore. They lived in Atlanta. Do uh, you know what? There's an old song they play in North Georgia: "Wreck on the Highway." And nobody stopped to pray. Wreck on the highway, nobody stopped to pray. Alcohol and blood mixing together down the road. But nobody stopped to pray. Boy, going to hell is a bad, bad thing. I got under conviction as a little boy when I was about 13. My dad was a preacher. I, uh, We were poor. I... I, I didn't have a bedroom, I slept in the kitchen. I had a pull-down bed. I'd go into the restroom and get quilts and put on my bed depending on how cold it's been. But that wasn't all so bad. When mama got up early to cook breakfast, I and mean, I was right there, I was on it. And uh, she'd cook them old cathead biscuits and gravy and, and whatever else she had to cook. And I'd be first one out. Daddy'd say the blessing, I was hopping out of bed Ready to eat. So it wasn't all that bad. And at uh, least I had, didn't have to sleep my stinky brother Lamar, you know, and uh, do all that kind of stuff with your brother or, or sister with sister. And, uh, but uh, I got a conviction. Holy Ghost came to me personally, Brother Rodney. said, you're a sinner. And I've laid in that bed, that little pull-out bed. My, my bed faced the kitchen sink. I could see out the double windows there. I could see White Oak Mountain up there behind us. And many a nights, I saw that moon rise up over those mountains. And I'd say, Oh God, let me live. I don't want to die and go to hell. Thank God one Sunday night, I stepped out from my place, came to an altar of prayer. And I said, God, I admit I'm a sinner. I deserve to be in hell. I believe Jesus died for my sin. And I called on Him to save me. And you know what? It was simple as A, B, and C. I admitted I was a sinner. I believed on Jesus. See, I called upon Him. And He saved me. Benny told me he... He said, I am want to tell you something, preacher. It happened years ago to me. So I was new on the force. There with the Georgia State Patrol. And said, I got a call of a car wreck. A one car wreck. One car had gone off the road, hit a tree, mashed the car together, and the car caught on fire. He said, I got to the scene. There was another car there. I had a fire extinguisher in the back of my car. He said, I I saw the car was on fire. I'd already called for help for an ambulance to come. I got the fire extinguisher out of the trunk of my car went over there but the gas was just pouring out and it's eating its way towards the guy that's trapped behind the steering wheel Then he said this guy saw me and said he started screaming with pain from the burning that was happening in his body and he saw I had a pistol and he said sir please shoot me shoot me He begged Benny to shoot him because of the extreme pain that was there. And Benny just cried and wept and said, I can't shoot you. I can't do it. I can't do it. And he saw the man die in that car, burned to death. He said, I'll never get that out of my mind as long as I live. And oh, if we had just a little glimpse of the terrible punishment in hell, we'd be at these altars praying for that one on your prayer list. Oh God, I beg you, save them. Oh God, open their eyes. Oh God, give them your word. Oh God, give them your peace. We'd be begging God and telling God we'd do anything if He'd save our loved ones if we saw them that way. Not only a prepared place, a perpetual place, a punishment place, but it's a personal place. Angels will be there because they once were in the right way and they chose the wrong way. Because of Adam and Eve, we were born this way in the wrong way and we have to choose the right way. To escape this place called hell. Just the opposite of what the angels do. It's a personal place. The great white throne judgment. Revelation 20 verse 11. Going to have all the time in the universe. All eternity. For Jesus to speak to every person who's rejected him. I've had people tell me, Preacher, I wouldn't serve a God that sends people to hell. And I told them I wouldn't either. I said, God is a gentleman. You make a choice. You make a choice. He doesn't make the choice for you. People are telling you the right way what you ought to do. Do the right thing. But you have to make the choice. It's personal. Every person has to deal with the Holy Spirit when He convicts them of the things they're doing wrong. And once you say, I really believe this, Pastor, when I got up out of that seat, I was saved then. If I'd have died on the floor, then I believe I'd have been in heaven, because right there I made the decision. And He had already loved me enough to save me, and I called upon Him. I was calling when I came down. You see, they'll face Christ, he'll ask them, did you, not, did you know that everybody has a book of their life? That's what he brings out at the great white throne judgment. All the lost, all the dead have a book of their life. Your name's on it. Your birth date is in there. Everything you've done is in there. Uh, and all the way to the moment of death. And somewhere in there is a place uh, where he sent his Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin. Those tracts that Brother Chris, uh, Ms. Leah, passed out there in Ecuador, uh, Brother God uses those tracts to speak to people and telling them this is what you ought to do. You ought to pray. For the grace of God that bringeth us salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. And then after he records the fact They have rejected Christ as their Savior. You know, say, let's just make sure. You'll get the book of life and open it up and turn to the page where your name should have been and there'll be a blank spot there. You'll not be found. You'll close it. The Bible uses the verb cast. It's like hurling a stone or throwing a hand grenade. Cast into the lake of fire how horrible that's going to be and here's the hard part wherever Christ is after the rapture so shall we ever be with the lord paul says in thessalonians we're going to be there as witnesses did you pray enough for them did you talk to them listen those people you have on that prayer list these are the very people when pastor has friends sunday or family sunday You invite them and tell them, I want you to come sit with me in in the service here at Calvary Baptist Church. I've been praying for you. And as more you pray for that person, the more you're going to become concerned about them. And the more you might go by their house and invite them to sit in church with you. Hell, it's real. It's not a joke. A person will be in the lake of fire because of their personal life. They rejected the call of the Holy Spirit. And God is merciful. He's long-suffering. And He wants to save you more than anybody else. He wants to save our loved ones more than anybody does. He wants to save the people in Ecuador more than Chris and Leah do. Oh, they have that burden for that country. He wants to do it. Why? He gave His Son... To die on a cross by himself all alone. He actually suffered a hell hanging on that cross. I thirst. The rich man cried for dip finger in the water, just one drop. You know what? I, I think if I'd have been there, I'd have said, tell Lazarus, get me out of this place. Do you know why he didn't? There was no hope in escaping the lake of fire. Or escape. How many are glad you're saved? Amen. Well, aren't you glad you're saved? I'm not going to that place, but I tell you what, I want to. I want to rescue someone else who may be going there. I want to get them. Get a song ready, brother. Hunter stories told of a, a gold prospector. He had a girl picked out to be his wife, and he was all excited about going out to the gold field and finding a lot of gold and. Took his dog with him, went out there and prospected, and uh, every time he'd find some gold, he'd go back to his little cabin, and he had a little metal box. He dug a hole in the bottom of his of his little cabin and buried that gold down in that little metal box, and uh, uh, he'd scuff up the floor. You couldn't even tell he dug it up, and he'd go back out next day and gold mine the dog right beside him, and. uh, one night the dog started barking and he got up and looked and there was nobody there. He looked at the dog and said, be quiet, try to sleep. And the dog cowered down and he went and tried to go back to sleep and the dog started barking again. And uh, he got up and looked around and then he got mad at the dog. Finally he said to the dog, you do this one more time I'm going to shoot and kill you. And sure enough he tried to go back to sleep got in a little doze, and the dog started barking. And he shot the dog. And then he laid down and went to sleep, and the robber who was out there all the time came in, killed him, and dug up his gold. He died, and his money got taken away because he didn't listen to that dog. Your heart starts beating heavy during this invitation. You know what that is? That's the involuntary action of the Holy Spirit telling you, you need to come down to this altar and you need to pray and you need to be saved. I'll tell you what, those that have a name on their prayer list, we need to pray for them. This is why we have a mission program. This is why we witness in our Jerusalem That's why we witness in Saline County, our Judea. That's why we witness in the jails, the nursing homes. Because of hell. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. Preacher, do you believe children can be saved? Oh, yes. I was pastoring Harmony Baptist Church, and I saw a four-year-old girl leave a puddle of tears on the altar. And she was crying because she knew she was a sinner and was going to hell. I believe old people can get saved. If you're still living, you're still eligible to come and talk to God. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Hunter, you come. How many here could raise their hand Said say, Brother Randy, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved because I was there when it happened. Could you raise it and put it right back down? Now listen, if you couldn't come and pray... Please come and pray. Well, I don't know what to do. Pastor haggard will be down here. He'll help you. And I'll guarantee you, nobody in this church will make fun of you. They'll be praying for you. You need to come. You know that dog barked and barked and barked? And that's the way the Holy Spirit does. He'll call you. He'll call you to come. Come. Heavenly Father, take the feeble words I've spoken tonight. And, Lord, use them, Lord, that others may be saved. Lord, I thank you for saving my soul. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for touching my life. Lord, meet the need, Father, right here at Calvary Baptist Church tonight. And save the lost. Give the Christians a burden for those on their prayer list. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me now.